a new year and a new episode of the SAP Experts podcast. I hope that you all had a great start in 2022. My name is Timo Deiner and I'm happy to be your host today again. But before we start, I'd like to give a very warm welcome to our newest team member. Welcome on board Jonathan Fogarty. He's joining us from SAP Australia. Be sure that you don't miss his episodes. Glad to have you on board, Jonathan. But coming to this episode, Dr. Anek Freira joined me and we were talking about different dimensions of a successful digital transformation. You will hear insights on digital readiness, partnership readiness and the readiness inside an innovation ecosystem. Anne recently received her PhD, has an excellent practical background and a huge diverse network. That's why you will also learn at the end of this episode some of her best practices in building good networks and relationships outside of your corporate filter bubble. So enjoy today's episode with Anne and me. I'm so super happy that you are here, Anne, because we met I think at SAP now, the first time where we had an exciting time uh, moderating that event. And by the way, it was one of my uh, first event during the pandemic, or it was the first event during the pandemic where I could be with a small production team on site. So we had uh, lots of fun on site in, in the production studio there. And um, so I'm really excited to have you here again, talking again about digital transformation, about digital transformation from a leadership's perspective. And for those of our listeners, because SAP Now was a German event, and for those of you uh, who might not know um, Anne, maybe you can give a short intro to yourself. How did your career look like? So you, you received your PhD recently and yeah, could you just introduce yourself, what you did in the past? Sure. Yeah, first of all, thanks a lot for the invitation, uh, Timo. I'm also happy we can talk about digital transformation here uh, together today. Yeah, my name is Annick Freire. And um, yeah, two years ago, I founded my own company. I'm 48 years now. And um, so I started my uh, consulting company, helping managers and corporates in the topics of digital transformation and innovation, and also on the topics of communication. And um, I do this on the base of a 20-year experience in the corporate world, where I was in the top management of Hypo Vereinsbank, one of the large German banks. I was their head of communication and head of um, innovation management. So I could gain a lot of interesting corporate experience during all the years that helped me also now to advise other companies, what were the learnings, what were we doing good, what was not so easy on topics of digital transformation. And, uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, I also uh, did my PhD at the University of Innsbruck. Um, recently, uh, I'm also ambassador of this university and also there the topic that I scientifically researched on was digital transformation from a leadership perspective, which uh, I really interested personally also and which I see is one of the most interesting and exciting topics that really all the corporates from different industries have to face. And so I'm happy we can talk about this today. So you bring two things together then, Anne. So you, you bring your experience from, from the corporate world and you bring that more um, science and researched um, background also um, and to that talk. I really like that. So I think we can also talk later about the um, University of Innsbruck when we maybe come to the Digital Leadership Club because I really like that. And um, yeah, you are also doing lots of talks and so on. So you, you got many, many different perspectives. And um, maybe the first question, because everyone is talking about digital transformation and the need for digital transformation. Um, can you answer the question, when is a company fully digitally transformed? Yeah, that's really a good question, but I would say maybe never. So <laughs> when we maybe when we look at um, what uh, digital transformation uh, looks like, we, we can see that it's one of the biggest change initiatives taking place in the companies nowadays. And we also see that digital transformation is a massive leadership and management topic. Yeah, management managers play a massive role. But uh, we also see that what makes a digital transformation so specific, it's not just a change initiative that has a certain start point and a certain end point, but due to the many and to the um, yeah great technologies that we have, uh, 
um, like AI, like cloud computing, like the Internet of Things, like quantum computing. We have a, such uh, dynamic uh, development in the field of digital transformation. And it's a very dynamic process so that you can't really say you have a beginning and you have an end point. I would say... Um, and we also see this, that during the pandemic, it has become even more important for all companies to become digitally, digitally transformed, meaning at least, first of all, you need digital processes. But of course, in the end, I would say you need a fully digitally plugged in company, which means you also have to digitally transform your business model, of course. But as we have these great technological um, possibilities. I think digital transformation is an ongoing process. Um, and therefore, it's even more important also when we look into the future uh, for managers and um, for leaders of companies um, to yeah, be able themselves to uh, develop further in the case of digital transformation. And so I would say fully digitally transformed is something that you can't really define like this. I think it's a lifelong and, and ongoing process. That's a good and bad news, maybe at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's a good, it's a, it's a good way, um, since it it is a journey. Um, but it's really interesting that you are mentioning the topics um, we always hear when we are talking about digital transformation, like um, yeah, AI and quantum computing and so on. And since we now do agree that digital transformation is is a journey, and um, you, you mentioned technologies on the one hand, on, but you also mentioned yeah managers and the human factor on the other on on the other hand, and um, I think the customers are on a completely different step on their journey. So some are at the beginning, and for for them is far far away. <laughs> when to, how to use AI for example or quantum computing, and for them it's also digital transformation when you. Yeah, can remove basically that pen and paper things. And um, how strong is that? Maybe, yeah, to be bold, are we sometimes living in a in a bubble when we are talking about digital transformation? Because we assume that hey, when we have to transform digitally, that we have to use AI and the the most modern technologies out there, and maybe we are losing people on the way there because we are living in that bubble and because we think as more or less thought leaders, hey, digital transformation has to look like uh, AI and, and so on. But sometimes it's much, much simpler, for example. Yeah, I would say um, digital transformation really has a lot of different dimensions. Yeah, It's not only one dimension. It's not only technology. It's not only the human factor. We see and what we also know from, from our scientific research is that digital transformation and also digital readiness, how we call it, um, has different dimensions. Well, of course, it's, it's also the hard facts like the technology that is out there. It's also related to skills and to competences, of course. But we also see, and that's absolutely right, uh, the human factor and the perceptional and psychological dimension is very important. Um, and for many companies, this may start, uh, of course, with uh, digitalization of the processes as a first step and then further develop uh, to maybe more uh, um, sophisticated technologies uh, that we just mentioned. Um, but we also see, and this is what uh, um, we also find in our research, um, managers have to be aware that the perceptions of the employees regarding digital transformation is extremely important for the success of digital transformation. What do I mean with this? Uh, just to give you an example, um, if the employees think that their managers really seriously take care for digital transformation is important for them. If they feel enabled themselves that they can cope with all these new requirements that they have to face. yeah. Um, if they are really digital, digitally involved in topics inside the company, uh, this all plays a, a really big role if they perceive themselves as ready for digital transformation. So uh, that means it's not only the actual level of some kind of digital transformation or digital readiness that matters uh, for the success, but it's really important how I as a manager can um, convince the employees 
that digital transformation is something good for the company, good for the employee, and that I can motivate them to, for this change, which is tremendous partly. Yeah. So I would say um, the different dimensions are important. And, and as you said, of course, uh, some companies, uh, of course, like IT companies like SAP are thought leaders in this respect. We are much further developed in many uh, phases of technology, like, for example, many other small companies yeah, or companies who are um, from, diff from different sectors, which are not so far already in the digital transformation mm -hmm. process. But for all, I would say it's important that um, the human factor and the perceptions uh, of digital transformation do play a very, very um, different, different, but also very important role for the success. So you think that the managers are not responsible in really driving um, the digital transformation towards a specific goal, but they are, should also be the ones who enable um, the employees and their teams to be an active part of digital transformation. I think this is very important so that you cannot lean back as an employee and say, okay, now I wait two years until it's over and then we, we continue working. So you you should encourage your people to be part of the digital transformation. By the yeah. way, this is something I just learned some weeks ago, thanks to you, Anne. And um, in that open strategy talk, we um, we heard from Kurt Matzler, where you where he explains exactly that, that thing, how you can include people and to be part of that digital transformation or of the change inside a company that they feel still relevant or even more relevant because they are part of the transformation and they are not being transformed. So they are an active part of the transformation. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe if I add, can add to this, we have also seen that, especially in this uh, dimension, also the role of emotions and the effective elements are very important. Yeah, the digital mindset, but also managing the emotions of the employees. Mm -hmm. It's a factor which is gaining much more importance now, uh, even more in the hybrid and digital work environments that we are working in, where you don't see people that much anymore. And you have to manage these emotions also via digital technologies. And um, having a focus on these effective elements, I think, is, uh, is really gaining importance when we look uh, at digital transformation. This is the empathy, that, which is one of the most important skills even all the technology companies uh, and managers from um, many uh, companies agree that empathy is really, really important, for example, on this. So coming back to the point of the employees, yes, absolutely. I think the managers have a very difficult and diverse role that they have to play uh, being ready for digital transformation themselves, but also enabling and involving the employees mm -hmm. in this whole change process. Coming to the to empathy and coming to managers, um, should they also change um, their views on KPIs? Because normally KPIs are always, you measure something with numbers. How do I increase my sales? How can I be more efficient and stuff like that? But when you're starting that big transformation or that big change project, um, I think it cannot be measured in the in at the beginning from my point of view. Um, so is this also something where managers should change their mindset that they cannot measure everything and put a KPI on that? Or what's your thought on that? Are there KPIs for digital transformation which can be used and applied? Yeah, I think it, it has both sides. I, I still think you need somehow some KPIs within the companies to measure your success or to have a certain guideline uh, to know what do I want to reach and how can I reach it? I think KPIs are still important, but you are absolutely right. Uh, since many things are developing and are so dynamic in their process, um, next to certain KPIs, which also maybe um, uh, are important for the capabilities of a firm. yeah. Uh, next to this, of course, some soft factors that you maybe can't really measure with hard KPIs are important, like the innovation culture, like the reaction speed, for example, mm -hmm. uh, in the company and, um, and also the, the, the culture that you have working together with other companies and also the skills like lifelong learning skills that you have to develop with your employees are there are many factors that you really can't measure uh, with hard KPIs but I think you need both so um, some things can be measured and should be measured and additionally I think new um, dim dimensions and new factors are gaining importance which have not been important in the past so far that come that are coming more from the soft factors definitely mm -hmm. and maybe a 
another change also in that in in that perception is from my point of view um yeah you mentioned work with other companies and um normally or in the past this is at least my opinion when when i was talking with customers um everyone tried to to do it by their self. So I don't open anything because I'm afraid that um, people steal my intellectual properties and stuff like that. But since um, the technology changes are coming so fast and since it's a soft skill question, uh, we see that many, many of our customers um, are opening themselves to stay relevant and to stay in front of that transformation and in front of the change so they are going into partnerships with other players which have maybe more expertise in in some digital uh, things and they don't have that expertise where our customer is when you're building analog products or something like that maybe you are not that leader in in that digital mindset so i think this is um, as i read and understood your paper so this is the second dimension then so the partnership readiness What what's your thought on that? So why are partners so important and which role do they play in, in digital transformation? Yeah, thanks for the question, because I think this is a really uh, important point. What is really new when we look at uh, change processes in companies in the past, they focused very much on the internal side and the internal dimension that you just uh, also said. And um, what is really important within all this digital transformation process, and I think this is what the comp all the companies also learn and learned uh, in, in, the, in the last uh, years and months, is that you need this external dimension. We call it partnership readiness, um, which means you have to be ready to cooperate and to collaborate in this innovation ecosystem with universities, with startups, even with competitors. As you said, this is really new for many companies, of course, to be open in, this, in these technological developments. And um, we also see that this is one of the biggest challenges for managers Because when you have to collaborate in the external innovation ecosystem, you do this normally for two reasons. First of all, you are looking for complementary skills, as you also just mentioned, skills that I don't have inside mm -hmm. the company. Uh, and I do it also for the reason that I want to um, have some organizational learning. So I want to get... I, had, I need some, let's say, adaptive capacity to, to get also in the company what I learned from this external side and from the external ecosystem. So this, these are two reasons why uh, companies also try uh, to, to work in network structures and within this collaboration ecosystem. But we also see that at the same time, many of these um, uh, uh, corporations don't have the success that it could have. Because um, this, um, yeah, this uh, internal learning from the organization doesn't take place. So uh, first of all, I think it's not enough to have outside the knowledge uh, that uh, the, the ecosystem provides maybe to the company, but I also have to try to somehow spill over the new forms of culture and innovation that all these great companies offer into their own company. That's the first thing. And I think the second uh, important challenge is We need this shift from the very functional hierarchy to a team-centric and to a network-based organization where I can communicate and also work as a manager in these network structures. Mm -hmm. And we see that this is a really, really big challenge for, for leaders and for uh, managers um, because most of them agree that the structure of work has changed also due to, to these collaboration um, activities. But um, the management of work hasn't still caught up with this. So from changing from this hierarchical top-down decision-taking and communication to this very network-based um, communication and working with external partners, also internally in the firm, is, I think, the really important core topic uh, for companies to successfully manage transformation and also to successfully work together in the ecosystem. So it's... Um, to say that in some bold words, you have to fight that internal, how could we say that corporate immune system. So there are people or there are sometimes teams, they want to change something because they understood that um, they have to adapt or they have to, to adapt to the, to the situation in the market. But then sometimes management teams or other teams are there and say, no, we cannot do that because, and then I think, 
again, it's it's soft factors because people are afraid of losing um, impact, of losing headcounts, of losing power and be not relevant in the company. So um, is this also then something where why you, you should bring in partners and external views just to fight that internal yeah, corporate immune system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's also uh, an important uh, point that you mentioned. Um, the resistance that you have internally, partly due to fears maybe of some uh, parts in the company because change always means maybe that you lose some things, you gain others and have to learn something new, but maybe some processes that can be easily digitalized will be digitalized. And so you're absolutely right from, from the external side, you have a more neutral and more open view on that. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I think this is the, the, the um, nice thing um, um, in this collaboration topic of digital transformation that you can really uh, bring together different parts. And, and we know also in practice and also from, uh, um, from science that Diverse, team perform, diverse teams perform best. So if you bring together different players from cultures, from um, management levels, from different industries, scientific uh, people, together with the economy, you have the best uh, possibilities to really have some digital um, transformation success and maybe to also have some great ideas for disruptive new uh, ideas that you also need in your company as you have to go on, of course, with your core business, but at the same time, you have to also innovate and uh, think about and rethink your, your business model. And so the diversity of the partners is a big uh, a big um, part, which is important, which is also a big challenge. And, and exactly as you mentioned, um, uh, only relying on the internal um, knowledge and on the internal capabilities uh, won't be enough. Mm -hmm. And just... To add that and maybe change the topic a bit, so we are talking on the on the key dimensions. And you you mentioned some sometimes before that innovation ecosystem. Who is who is actually part of that innovation ecosystem from your point of view? So we had the managers, we had the employees, we had partners. Is there someone else, or is it just these three parties? Yeah, I think it, uh, there can be different partners. So uh, first of all, inside the company, as you mentioned, uh, absolutely right. We have the different levels of of managers, of course, who are important. This is also interesting, for example, um, the, the different management layers, yeah, the middle management mm -hmm. layer, we can talk about this maybe also later, which role they are playing and what different perceptions of digital transformation are there between top managers, middle managers, um, and also then uh, to the employees, they, they differ a lot. Uh, this is the internal side. And, and when you look at the innovation ecosystem on the external side, of course, um, Other companies like uh, the IT uh, companies that are really role models for digital transformation, like also SAP, are playing a role. It may be universities, it may be startups, it may be research institutes, it may be competitors, Yeah, as, as we talked before. So they all together, you universities, I mentioned, they all together can build the innovation ecosystem um, that as a company you can profit from and that you have to collaborate with. So it can be absolutely a different partners. It can be also um, companies from other industries in your supply chain, as we have also learned, you can't solve a problem as a company just in your industry. Yep. So um, you, th you need also other industries. Look at the car industry. They need the technological and IT industry uh, to further develop uh, and something like this, or also in, in other parts of the mobility sector. So the innovation ecosystem can be very diverse and, and mix the partners between um, e um, economic partners, between scientific partners, to get the best, especially then, of course, um, which is relevant for your specific uh, topic or your specific uh, field that you're in. But it may be very diverse. What role does a common language and common understanding plays? Uh, what role does uh, a common language play then in that innovation ecosystem? Because you, you mentioned a good example with the car industry and um, many people are talking about, I, I give you an example, many people are talking on platforms. And <laughs> I think if you ask four people or five people for, hey, what's a platform for you? Everyone answers differently. So car manufacturers are talking on a platform because they build cars on a physical platform, on a car platform. <laughs> The IT guys are talking on cloud platforms and stuff like that. So, um, And this could be a, a huge challenge when you bring in new players or new people with different perspectives, with a different language or a different meaning for the same words. And uh, 
are there any best practices or how could you change or tackle that that uh, challenge here because i think this is really really difficult also for for managers then to talk the same language and to have the same understanding then absolutely that's a good point uh, the, the platform uh, example that you bring for me uh, a nice example is also when you talk about the wording and and its meaning about agility yeah what is agility mm -hmm. so when when corporates talk about agility they mean something totally others than another person or another startup that's also a nice example what is agility it's so much and and uh, or, or not yeah so um absolutely right so this heterogeneity of of cultures and of topics and of understandings is a major challenge. Um, so it's even more important, um, absolutely, to develop to a to a common understanding. What do we have a certain and a common goal? I think it's important that the different partners need a common goal that they both want to work for and they can both have advantage of so that it's really uh, interesting for both parts or for the different parts. And uh, of course, it also takes time exactly to um, adapt to this new culture and also to adapt to the understanding of each other meaning also wordings uh, to be defined. What do we really want? What do we uh, need? And this, I think, is also why um, a lot of intermediates have come up in the ecosystem, for example, in form of accelerators, yeah, where mm -hmm. you have a lot of corporates, you have the startups, but you have the accelerator as an intermediate who tries to bring together these different parts, the different interests and the different cultures to a common understanding. Uh, I think this is also an interesting field which has developed uh, in the market um, exactly based on what you say, because different players, they maybe even don't find together. So intermediates are coming up, which might be helpful um, or um, innovation um, labs who help uh, to, for the different parts to come together. But as you mentioned, it's, it's absolutely important also at the beginning of a collaboration to really define What are our goals? What do we want to reach? And then also have the priority from the managers exactly on this topic to develop things together, to have a common understanding. Mm -hmm. so it has it has to have a top priority. And uh, related to this also, you have to assure as a manager that you have the resources to ensure exactly this. Yeah. So you can't just say we collaborate with someone and um, then everything internally stays the same. Yeah? Nobody knows about it. You don't communicate. You don't have the resources, the priorities. Then, uh, of course, um, the, the, the um, collaboration won't have the success that it could have. Absolutely. By the way, the you mentioned the accelerators. They are also, I didn't want to interrupt you, Anne, but the accelerators are also, from my point of view, a perfect medicine against that corporate immune system because they are more or less outside then. They can work and maybe they don't have the same KPIs we talked before and so on. Hey, how much revenue do you make with your new ideas and so on? They are also good for that, Yeah, to, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> before we Or maybe when, when we try to, to start that accelerator, or maybe we have some people here in the, at the listeners who are at the very beginning of a digital transformation or on, a, on that journey towards digital transformation. Um, from your point of view, what are the most relevant skills then for someone when, when there is a company and they say, okay, now we want to start through, maybe we have to found an accelerator or something like that. Um, what's the best profile they should look for as a chief digital transformation officer or however we call the people um, what's the best profile for them yeah i think uh, first of all um, you can't only rely on only one chief digital transformation officer because uh, that won't be enough you really have to bring the important skills to all the employees in the different, to the managers and the, the employees in the different areas of the company. But uh, when we speak specifically about digital transformation, um, uh, officers, of, of course, they have all this uh, technological know-how that they also need. What is important as skills, moreover, and this is true for chief technological officers, but also for managers per se and for employees, you have to be open-minded. Mm -hmm. We also have seen that in, in our research, uh, what is really important um, is, this, is the skill also for yourself to be a role model and to uh, take an active part as, as a manager in the company uh, to take over responsibility within this digital transformation process, not only 
to leave it over to the CTO, for example, but you play an active role on your own. Um, of course, you need this lifelong learning skills because, as we just mentioned at the beginning, uh, the technological developments are getting so fast and we have so dynamic, great um, developments that we will all have to learn in the next years many, many new things. Creativity is also a very important skill, I would say, an important soft skill, but really important if you talk about innovation and how we can develop companies further for digital transformation. Um, but also looking at managers and looking at CTOs, the ability also to motivate others, to follow them and to uh, show them the advantages that the digital transformation has is also really important. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's it's two parts, the own ability yeah, and the own um, competences that you need, hard skills and soft skills, but also on the other side, the related skills on how can I perceive and how can I motivate employees and colleagues to follow the journey of digital transformation and to see the great chances and advantages it has. So, to be honest, you should change the company culture before you start the journey, because when you empower or when you motivate the people to also a, let's say, so more or less a normal employee, so not a management um, person in, in a company, when you motivate him or her just to act as a role model, to, to be creative, so everyone can be the change from my point of view. So maybe we don't need managers in the future. So there are concepts around there. I don't believe in that, to be honest, but, and there, <laughs> but I think we have to, we have to change also the company culture and, uh, just to motivate the people that they can lead the change as well. And, um, for, for the listeners of you, and maybe you know him as well, um, Tobias Krüger from, formerly from the Otto Group, now he left there, um, did that, um, Kulturwandel thing. So it, it was a hashtag internally at, at, um, at Otto. And he had fantastic talks about how to change that culture inside a company. And maybe when you change the culture first, then it's much more easy to, go into the digital world then because you enable the people um yeah to be to be brave to be to be the change by themselves and not it's not something your manager tells you to do hey now you have to change when you want to change by yourself you can act as a role model and then maybe it's just easier for a whole company uh, then to change yeah mm -hmm. but talking about culture and maybe also the company size um And you got many, many perspectives on it. I know you are talking to big companies, you are talking to smaller companies. Does it play a role if a company has 100,000 employees or just 100 employees, for example, to talk about their transformation path? Yeah, I think they have different um, challenges and different advantages. I, I wouldn't say that larger companies or small companies um, have it easier or less easy. Of course, the large companies, they have a lot of more power and a lot of more capabilities. Um, and uh, But they have also many more management levels, yeah? Also that, exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly a point. Absolutely, that's the point. Uh, if you look to the smaller companies or family firms, which are um, much smaller, they don't they have these a lot of hierarchies. They are much more flat. Um, and they can do things faster and uh, don't maybe have these um, frameworks of um, compliance or of other topics that mm -hmm. big firms have to have and big firms need much more times partly for their processes and to, to change processes and to overcome the silos that they have in, in great companies. So I think... Um, You can't say it's easier or more difficult for smaller or for, for larger companies. What we see in practice is that larger companies or, or corporates, um, they are in many parts, they are further developed in the topic of digital transformation and smaller companies and um, mid-sized companies partly are following, um, but it's not, you can't say it per se. Partly we see it, partly not, but I think it's always um, a topic not of the the size of a company, but it's um, a topic of the managers, of the mindset, of the industry you're playing in. So I would say it's less a topic of size, but more a topic of mindset and of the management uh, that you have um, if you are already further developed in digital transformation mm -hmm. or not. So then we are again at the human factor um, when we are talking about mindset and openness towards new things. And um, <clears throat> maybe a provocative question. 
is it then also a question of age? So imagine you are, I guess, 55 years old, you, you build up the IT department or you build up that company and you have an ex, um, expertise in a completely different area. And now you have to give your power, the, the way you influence people in the company to someone else. So I fully understand people who say, hey, no, I don't want to change for the last 10 years of my career and I want to see that everything is there or will be there how I built that up because I'm I'm here the superstar in the company. So is it also a question of age on how open the people are towards the mindset or do you also think that young people are maybe not the ones who want to transform because they are also in that mindset of no, why, why change? Yeah, I think this this topic also is very diverse. And, and we talked about uh, this uh, before us in our talks. Um, I also agree. I think it's, it's, it's also there a topic of personality and characteristics and the topic of mindset, which um, can't be based on the age. Yeah, there might be some colleagues thinking like this uh, in, in companies, as you mentioned, but I think uh, overall, it's really different and it's it's a lot of um yeah really a personality type if you're young or old doesn't matter um it's a kind of what perceptions you have what mindset you have um if you're curious to develop further to do something new and exactly as you mentioned there might be um, younger colleagues who don't want this or who want this even more and exactly the same thing for older people so i think mm -hmm. um it's more a yeah it's a kind of personality type If you are open, if you're curious, uh, if you like uh, to innovate and to, to to yeah research on new things, so yeah, it's it's more of characteristic uh, um, factors based than on really on the age factor, I would say. Yeah? So, but, but maybe but to add this, but maybe what I think maybe for all our colleagues, partly it can be more difficult to adopt because the really the young uh, digital talents they grow up with all these digital technologies, yeah. so. This is why also some things like reverse mentoring and so on are working because the young people can learn something from the more senior uh, colleagues and vice versa. So I think uh, both can join forces and uh, yeah, learn from each other. So I really like that approach of reverse mentoring because everyone brings something to the party and everyone has a very good expertise in, in something. So I, I really like that. So maybe that's also the answer to my or to my question I had before you interrupted me, Anne. And um, so <laughs> now I forgot the question. Uh, no, the, the thing is, um, just let me count to three. Um, what was my question before? Um, we were talking... <laughs> Old and young people, the and young people. human factor. Exactly. How, how, <laughs> thank you for that. But so you have so many how, good questions in mind. <laughs> how, how can you then learn? So uh, when I'm, so let's imagine I'm afraid of change. I'm afraid of um, there is changing the world around me because, hey, I, I need security. I want to pay my bills and so on. And I'm afraid of change, but I realize that I also have to change to to stay relevant on the on the market but how can we teach the people how is it something you can learn so we are always talking about soft skills and either you have them or you have them not but there are I'm sure there are people they want they are willing to change but they they don't know how how can we do that how how can we approach to these people hey there is change coming and don't be afraid you can learn that so you, Can we send them to a training or how can we do that? Yeah, I think that has two uh, interesting dimensions. So first of all, as we mentioned before, we need these lifelong learning skills and we need this competence to learn. This is also something that you can, of course, develop and learn because if you look uh, at people at the age of 40, 50, 60, they also have to learn a lot of new things when we look at the digital mm -hmm. transformation process. And we need the competency to learn also as adults. And I think this is something that you can develop and, and really learn. And the second thing I, I would say is that, and, and we come back to this uh, emotional aspect that we mentioned before, um, if you start with something that you're really interested in and that uh, you really like, and maybe you see what at 
advantages digital transformation can have in the in your hobbies or in areas that you're really interested in you may discover uh, great new things where you say wow that's really cool this app is cool or this tool is cool and so i think um starting with something that you are really interested in and if you then see the first um, results and, and learn something new and it's really fun yeah and you also yeah. see what great um, great sites, digitalization and the technology offers you, then I think it will be much more easier uh, to go on and then you want to know more. So I think the, yeah, the emotional side and really start with things you're interested in. And yes, um, some parts uh, we can learn and we need to learn, um, like even the competency for lifelong yeah. learning, for example. Yeah. But I like that example with that, with the personal things and just go to something you really personally like then, yeah, because also there the frontier is is um, fading away between private and business from my personal point of view, in my personal bubble at least. So um, yeah, creativity from the personal life comes into business life and vice versa. Uh, but this is also an instrument from, since we are talking on from a leadership perspective, um, managers can give to their employees, at least when we are talking again of KPIs like we did before. For example, we at SAP or at least myself, I hope other colleagues have that as well, I have a KPI where I have to learn 120 hours per year. Mm-hmm. And this is quite long, to be yeah. honest. So if you fill your Excel up with the trainings you did and you have to learn 120 hours per year with mm-hmm. relevant trainings, that's quite much. But I'm really thankful for my manager or at least for the, for the organization that I get that time in my normal job to just to learn and not to go to the customer or do real business for SAP because yeah, that learning is an investment in, into me as an employee. So this could also be something which is really relevant for managers or for the leadership perspective, give your people the time that they are able to learn. And maybe that's then it's much example. easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great example that you mentioned. I think that's really a super example uh, that you mentioned what, what SAP is offering there to the employees because it's exactly about this. Also to show as managers, we want that you invest in your learning and we give you time to learn. And I think that's a great example. And it's something that you can easily also adapt in other companies. So this can be also a nice example, I think, for others to uh, also uh, take over because uh, this is exactly what it's also about. Also as the management to show, we want our people uh, to learn and even to to, uh, make it part of the KPI. So I think that's a great and important initiative. And I have a second one, Anne, and I think this is also very important when I'm talking on a personal level with different people. I sometimes hear the people complaining, uh, complaining about different things like they are not satisfied with their manager, they are not satisfied with their job, and they are complaining sometimes on a very, very high level again, because, hey, uh, because they don't get the newest iPhone or something like that. So for me, it really helps to have different perspectives than when I'm talking to people because I want to to listen to their um, yeah fears and so on and also want to see where they are. Maybe sometimes it's not even okay for me that I complain because then I realize um, what uh, what benefits I already have and so on. So and. You, Anne, are for me a, a leading example on uh, on a huge diverse network, which is so important for many things, just in terms of, hey, are you living in a filter bubble and are you complaining? But also in terms of getting new perspectives, how other companies, how our uh, other teams are um, dealing with <laughs> t- transformation challenges and so on. And um, just a, a personal question to you, um, how did you build that huge diverse network so do you have some personal best practices for that how how to how to do that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I often get this question, and so I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but but it's an interesting one, I think, because I also agree that uh, networks are, are very important, digital networks, but of course personal networks. Um, it, it 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 helps a lot, and it's very interesting for the professional life. And um, um, first of all, I think of course you you have to like uh, working together and acting together with other people. It's something that you like or not. So um, maybe for me personally it was it came because i'm just like this and i like to uh, meet different people and get different perspectives but um um i may if i if i say what uh, what is important from my point of view some points uh, when you say how can i build up my uh, professional network how can i further develop i think there are some uh, four or 
five points maybe that uh, um, are some practical tips I want to wanna share also here in this um, talk. So first of all, I think it's important um, to not only network uh, among peers, but also to network to the next hierarchical levels. We talk about mm -hmm. hierarchy still in the companies. Yeah. So for example, if you are um, in the middle management, it's nice, of course, to talk to your peers, but it's even more important if you want to develop further also to um, network with the top management and go and, and also network with the next level. So I think this is one important um, topic to not fear to talk to other levels or to board members, but also to try uh, to network with them. And um, in the, at the same time, I think it's important as a second point um, to always think about what you can give to the other. That's what we also talked just about with the reverse mentoring, for example. Yep. Yeah, If you are a young talent or a young person and you say, hmm, maybe the, the other one, the other person's from top management, I want to have a contact to everyone has a lot to give. So you have to think, what can you give to this other person? So it's always this giving and taking you yeah. get from someone else. But if you first think, what can I give to this person? Um, then um, it's always very great because everybody has a lot to offer. And um, this also means that uh, when you network to other people and, and uh, in the business um, perspective, you also need to really inform yourself before meeting this person exactly about the person. Yeah, what are his hobbies? For about what was, uh, for example, what he's talking about on LinkedIn, what was published about him. So really um, get to know this person and see mm -hmm. what is his agenda, what does he like, what do I maybe have in common with this person? So also these very basic things, what do we have in common, is something really important when you start uh, talking to this person, yeah, so that you have some common things that you share. It's always a nice introduction when you start talking. And um, yeah, what what one last point, maybe also there are many things uh, that are also important, but I want, I want to share is, and that fits very well to what we talked about before to the innovation ecosystem and to the different players. Um, it's a called the power of weak ties, which I think is really interesting, meaning that when you talk about business development and about networking, it's, it's interesting to get connected to other people from other fields that you are not so familiar with. Yeah? Yeah. So when you, for example, talk to your colleague in the same areas, um, you will not um, yeah, learn maybe that many new things because maybe he has the same bubble as you, as you mentioned it before, the same perspective as you. So I think it's really important and interesting um, if you talk to people coming from other fields, from different other uh, companies, other industries, and to connect uh, with these uh, diverse people where you do not have this natural tie to uh, because you they have many other new perspectives, they know other people, and you will um, also broaden your network in this respect to a very mm -hmm. interesting few. Um, and so this may be just to share a few points, what I think is interesting. And of course, um, also with these many the digital technologies we have and that the possibilities we have, uh, it's always nice in, in the personal network and the business network, if you can uh, meet the person uh, in person, of course, yeah, because yeah, you absolutely. can connect uh, in another way. But these are some tips I would like to share, which I think are interesting. And um, yeah, don't fear to talk to other levels and uh, be open and prepare these these network meetings very well and and connect to people that maybe are not in your respect in the first uh, um, uh, thought but which are farther further away from what you are doing now so don't be afraid to talk to other bubbles then maybe yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and meet, meeting in person is such a good uh, good topic because we met It's to be honest, it's too long ago, but we met in uh, Innsbruck at the, at the university in Innsbruck uh, because you founded a new club. And I really liked it because you bring two bubbles, two networks together. So uh, it's science or research on the one hand, and it's the corporate network or the corporate world on the other hand. And you founded um, the Digital Leadership Club. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So what's the idea behind to bring these two different mindsets maybe also together? Yeah, it, maybe it comes also from my personal experience because I myself um, was so inspired from what I knew from the one hand side from my uh, corporate experience in the past 20 years, but what I learned also now from the scientific uh, side. And it was so inspiring for me to combine both. And um, I see in reality that uh, these worlds partly are not so connected as they could 
could be. Mm-hmm. And so my personal goal is it also to bring together the different mindsets, to bring together scientific knowledge with the corporate world so that both of them can come together. Because I also think, and this is also what we mentioned before, the big challenges of digital transformation and other challenges we have in the world can't be solved only from one point of view. So I think everybody can profit when uh, they work together the scientific people together with the corporate world, the different uh, industries. And so it's also my goal and my pleasure to bring together these people so that they can share their ideas, share their views, network together, and uh, maybe also develop some things together. And this was also the idea of this club. I really like that. So reverse mentoring applies also there. So when when science <laughs> reverse mentors uh, the corporates and in the other way then. So I really like that um, also to be part of that um, club. So Anne, um, what are your next talks? So you, you, you have so much to tell and I really liked it also at the SAP now where we where we started and where we first met. And I know um, I, I mentioned it in the in the intro before you you are also running a talk which is called Fichtenhain. Uh, when when people or listeners want to to listen more from you, I guess then it's in German language. Uh, uh, yeah, what are your next talks? What are your next guests? What what are your plans for the upcoming month? Yeah, uh, on the talks, maybe uh, there the goal is it's, it's like a digital expert talks where we also want to give some knowledge from the different and learnings from the different uh, corporates to other companies. And uh, we talk about the big uh, digital transformation uh, topics. And um, yeah, on, on the next topics, uh, what uh, I will talk about with the next speakers, first of all, is sustainable innovation, a topic that everybody uh, needs Very and relevant. all that talks about. Yeah, yeah. Sustainability is, is one of the core topics really for all companies. And how you can combine innovation with sustainability is one topic that we will talk about in, in one of the next talks. But of course, we also talk a lot about these hybrid work environments because we mm-hmm. see managers really have a lot of challenges to adapt to this new kind of work, to the new kind of leadership that you need. And so we also try to share in these talks uh, on YouTube our learnings from some companies so that others can also uh, follow them and maybe learn something new. How can they manage and how can they address all the challenges that the digital transformation brings along? So Super. we have different different topics, but always based some on somehow, somehow on leadership topics that everybody has to face. Super, super cool and super interesting. So we put the link to the YouTube channel in the description of that episode so that the listeners can also uh, look and watch there, uh, watch and listen there on YouTube then because there you have uh, image, uh, video and and audio. Uh, This format is audio only so uh, the people can also watch to the participants there. So um, Anne, I would like to, I I can talk many, many more minutes with you but we, I think we should close that episode then soon so we are running more or less out of time so thank you very much for for joining and uh, for sharing your insights and it's it was very helpful and insightful so um yeah thanks very much for being my guest today yeah thank you for the invitation you was a very interesting talk with you Uh, thank you see you soon yeah (laughs) see you thank you